from a top secret network of highly secure locations across South Texas. This is the Spurs Insider Podcast, the podcast where we might not be contenders yet, but we're making progress every day. I am your host, as always, Mike Finger, joined by Express News beat writers Tom Orsborne and the polarizing Jeff McDonald, talking about a team that is on a winning streak, a bona fide winning streak for the first time in um, most, almost uh, eight months, something like that. Um, are things turning around for the local cagers, Tom and Jeff? Well, you look at the schedule, it's a little premature <laughs> yeah. to make that uh, statement. <laughs> what, what have you seen in these two games? One, one against yeah. a bona fide contender. I used bona fide twice, not three times in the opening minute of this podcast. That's not good. Um, is this just a fluke or has genuine progress been made over the past couple of weeks by the Spurs? I think it's the latter, you know, um, a boss granted Boston did not play well, but, um, you know, Spurs had that big lead, lost it. And then DeJounte Murray took control, uh, down the stretch as they've wanted him to do or hoped he would do, uh, all season. And he did it. Um, that's progress. Um, and then the other theme, you know, in those two wins is Derek White. Um, you know, uh, they said the worm would turn for him and lo and behold, it has. Uh, he's back to being, you know, the, the, as Pop said last night, that Derek White, we've all all known. And, and that's that's got to be a really positive, um, uh, you know, sign for those guys. Yeah, you got to feel good for uh, for White. He's he's just had a rough year, rough go of things. Um, not really sure what the what the deal was. But I I, I kind of joked yesterday. He's got to lead the league in three pointers that rattle in and out. Like he's been doing that for weeks now. And and the first half uh, against um, Washington was the same way. It looked like he was on on the way to another just atrocious. Night. He was two of ten at halftime. Now, granted, nobody else on the on the team was making shots either. Um, but but it was almost like like a switch flip or something in the second half. And he started hitting shots and um, you know finished with with a with an eighteen point third quarter, a twenty point second half, and was a huge reason the Spurs turned that ten point deficit against the Wizards into a, a win, kind of going away. So you know, hopefully that that holds up for him. He looked a lot more like. Uh, like the player that, that we're used to seeing. And it's not just that the shots went in, just his, his body movements looked more like the player we're used to seeing. And, and I don't know if that's a getting healthy thing or a getting in rhythm thing, or if it's just a gaining confidence thing um, where all of a sudden you've hit a couple and, and your whole body language changes, your whole demeanor changes. And uh, hopefully for the Spurs, that sticks around for him. As far as, I mean, we've seen a lot of good things from the Spurs over the last Two wins, obviously. They beat two teams with winning records, you know, two, two teams that are probably going to be in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, they're not that far removed from getting just smoked by Minnesota and blown out by Atlanta at home. And uh, they're about to go on a road trip here where they're going to probably lose three in a row, possibly lose three in a row. You know, there's another losing streak coming around the bend. So, um, as the, the phrase I've used before is uh, on this this thing that we do every week is that progress is not linear. And so I would expect some, some ups and downs continue. Um, it kind of just, as we've said, ad nauseum, just looking for uh, improvements and progress from individual guys 
um, as they attempt to build something for the future. We've been pretty realistic about what this season is for the Spurs, um, what the goals are, what progress, I guess, would be um, defined as. And I think that Boston game in particular is kind of exactly the kind of just baby step that you want. Not every night, obviously you're going to lose more than you win during a season like this. It's not about beating Boston to improve your playoff odds. I mean, that still seems to be a far-fetched type notion, but that game in itself was one in which the young Spurs got out to a big lead, lost it. Um, like they've done before this season, and then were forced to make the plays that they did not make over and over again in close games early in the year. And Tom referenced it earlier, Jeff did too. DeJounte Murray and Derek White, for, for those two guys in particular, and those two guys are a big part of your future, That that's a huge game for them to be able to put away the Boston Celtics in a game where you're really up against it. I mean, that, that would have been another, I know this is a, this is a touchy subject. That would have been another bad loss to be up 20, whatever it was, 24 points and, and blow that lead. And, and they, those two guys had to make plays in the closing minutes against guys, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, those Marcus smart who, who've been there before. And, um, you know, we're not here making that victory or the victory against Washington into you know a season-changing moment or anything like that. But I think those those are the moments that you want to collect during a rebuilding season like this. I think. Yeah, the best thing that happened to them in terms of uh, you know uh, learning and growth was blowing that twenty-four point lead, so that they had to mm-hmm. mentally regroup and try to win that game anyway. I mean, it looked like another one of those, here we go again, kind of kind of finishes against the Celtics where they were going to blow this big lead and the Celtics are up seven with three, three minutes or so to go. And it was just sort of like, well, we've seen this thing play out dozens of times this year. So for the Spurs to be able, for that young team to be able to sort of um, mentally regroup and put the brakes on that, that uh, avalanche that was working against them late was a pretty big, um, you know, a pretty big step for them, I think. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't put their heads down as they so often do when teams make runs on them. Um, you know, Derek pointed that out after the Boston game, and yeah, you're right, Mike. Uh, both those guys were just fantastic uh, down down the stretch with uh, Dejounte. Yeah, I think eight points in the final three minutes. You know, the rebound, the steal, won a jump ball. You know, Derek, I think had six points in crunch time. We've seen DeJounte want to take those shots, want to be that guy in so many of these close games this season. And I think that most people who've watched the team are kind of grasping the idea that whenever they do become a team that can win those games, DeJounte is going to be a big part of it. But it was, it was, I think, really important for him to, even though he'd had a, a nice finish against the Bucks even though he'd taken some good shots against the Lakers, you know, name, name your team where um, it kind of went down to the wire. Like this was a game, like Jeff mentioned, they actually were behind by seven points after blowing the lead. And our, our old friend, Ime Yudoka, I think you guys can, can 
go into the details on this was basically saying the Celtics had no answer for DeJounte Murray down the stretch. And uh, I mean, again, it's one game. It's not going to change the course of a season, but you have to like seeing that from that guy who I think is, has emerged and is emerging as, as your, as your leader. Much like uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's probably been better in the clutch than people think, I guess, because the right, Spurs right. have been losing these games. Um, but just in terms of statistics, statistically, um, he's statistics, among the statistically. My yes. favorite way to look at statistics is the statistics. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm redundant and also repeating myself. That's right. Um, you know, he's one of the top clutch, clutch guys in the league already. So to, to have him do it and actually pull the game out is another huge. Yeah, I mean, it's hugely forward for this team. And again, you know, the next time they're in that situation, the, the way it works for everybody, though, right? Like the next time they're in a situation, maybe he doesn't pull it out. Maybe they don't pull it out because, you know, no, no, you know, even the best in the league um, don't always come up big at crunch, at crunch time. But it's it's more than anything, I think it was a big psychological lift for that whole team. Yeah. And a losing streak and be able to just. Like, go home happy for once. Yeah, he's bound to get better. I mean, repetition, repetition. I mean, he, he's in those – he's he's been in those um, situations so much this year. I mean, that's that's what the growth is. That's that's what it's all about. He's been in them so often. He's bound to get better. And then when you do it, your confidence grows. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was, it was a big thing for him. And then – then they, you know, he shows his leadership in the locker room afterward by, you know, he, he said that he told the guys, hey, this one's over. And I mean, they were really uh, in the media room. You could hear him yelling going into the locker room. They were really excited. And I guess he brought him back down to earth and said, forget about this, you know, and uh, we've got that's that's been our big problem all year. We can't we can't follow up a win with a win. You know, they've had letdowns and uh, they did that. They got that problem solved against uh, the wizards. So that's more growth. Yeah. DeJounte is the the head of the snake on this team now. And he's also the, no question. He's also the head of the locker room. Um, I mean, he's got that kind of force of personality, I think in that locker room. And I think he's always been that guy and always been kind of a team leader, but it's just, it's more difficult to do when you're surrounded with guys that are older than you, that have been here longer, um, that have done more in the league, your DeRozans, your Tony Parkers. Um, now that it's un, un, unequivocally his team, I think he's taken the reins pretty firmly in that regard. For the uh, listeners slash viewers who might not know uh, basketball as well as you do, uh, Jeff, uh, what, what is the difference between the head of the snake and the head of the locker room? And how do reins, how does grabbing the reins uh, factor into to both? pass i'm just saying the viewers have the listeners have questions well uh, the head of the snake is the is is on on the floor like you're you're the you're the team that other guys are trying to other teams are trying to take away you're the team you're the guy that's basically Mm -hmm. running the show but he's also like um you know the the alpha alpha dog of the locker room now which i'm not sure we got a snake a dog and reins these are these are some complicated uh, ecosystems. You know, a uh, little quick story about Dejounte. Um, uh-huh. I was uh, I went out to cover the Spurs' involvement with the um, San Antonio Food Bank uh-huh. last Tuesday, 
and uh, they were at a distribution on the west side. And I mean, they, those guys were having a really good time, and they were they were working hard. They were into it, and uh, you know, Dejounte was was really into it, um, handing out food and talking to the food bank clients. And he took a break at one point, and he he sidles over to me, and he he leans down. And he says, "We need some." blank and wins. And I just thought that was kind of neat because he could have said anything. He could have brought up any kind of, you know, chit chat, uh-huh. but he's talking about, we need some blank and bleeping wins. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool to show where his mindset is always at. Yeah. He's become a, he's also become profanity laden. He's like, yeah. The, yeah. He's, he's like a regular Eddie Murphy over there. <laughs> using Red the, Fox. using the S words on the zooms and uh-huh. Yeah, I got I feel like I gotta go. I gotta go like earmuffs around him now. LeBron James got in trouble for that. Who got in trouble that? LeBron James of the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, what did he do? Uh, well, that was on the, on the floor. You mean? No, no, he was. He was. Uh, I believe uh, reprimanded, reprimanded, yeah. fined for the by the league for using profanity in the uh, in press conferences. <laughs> so Dejounte better watch out for that. Ah, uh, see this. This is actually not fair. Like those should not be so shown live. That's that's a great uh, anecdote about um, Dejounte there, Tom. And and speaking from experience, you might want to make sure that uh, all your personal interactions with Dejounte are cleared for publication <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. before uh, before you disseminate them publicly. Tom Orsborn of the Express News, a great <laughs> champion, a great. Uh, uh, just chronicler of the great work done by the SA Food Bank going back to the early stage of this pandemic where you found Tom's work at expressnews.com in the print editions of the Express News. You can continue to find all that stuff plus your coverage of the local cagers on a day-to-day basis. No better coverage of the Spurs than expressnews.com. Check that out. Subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. Um, the way that the <laughs> the way that got the, that plug in pretty pretty seamlessly there. Was well, nice. it was seamless until that someone nice. interjected. Do we have it? Do we have any any sponsors yet? Way to take the reins, Mike, on that. Well, yeah. head of the snake. Way to be the head, head of the, of the snake dog grabbing the reins. The alpha dog with the head of the snake grabbing the reins. Do we have any sponsors yet? Why don't you be Why don't you be an alpha dog and get us a sponsor? Maybe we can make some bucks off this thing. That's a bit more complicated. This is a sort of a rebuilding year. We're not about the sponsors this year. We're all about setting it up for future sponsorship success. We just—I'm not asking for much. Just maybe a couple bucks. I could afford a gallon of gas. We'll see. The way that the Washington Wizards' victory unfolded was slightly different than the Boston Celtics' one, in that I think there was a danger of that also coming down to the to the final minute or two. Um, but I think Jeff pointed out at one point on the Twitter that there was a stretch where your local cagers were carried by which two players were had completely took over like a stretch of 12, 15 points. It was uh, your favorite player, Thad Young. Uh-huh. And uh, everyone, everyone, every listener slash viewers, favorite player, Brent Forbes, 13 in a row for those for those two cats. So, so that's, I mean, those, those aren't guys that are part of the future of the club, but you know, it's again, when you're, when you're rebuilding, part of it is learning how to win. And if two guys like that can help you help the DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Lonnie Walker, 
you know, even last night, Josh Primo helped them get over the hump. I think there's value there to that too. I mean, those two guys kind of hold down the fort with the snake and the dog and the reins. And then uh, the, the younger guys finish it off. I think that's, am I wrong to be sort of um, pleasantly surprised or encouraged by, by stuff like that? I think they should play Thad Young more. I, I, I do too. And part of it is just I enjoy, as, as do you, I enjoy watching Thad Young play basketball. So that, that's mm-hmm. maybe it's just selfish on my part. Um, I enjoy talking I, to Thad Young too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what we decided to do yesterday. Let's just ask. Let's just ask for Thad Young and ask him a bunch of questions, and we'll probably get a lot of good answers. That was literally yeah. our thinking yesterday talking about. Um, like I can understand the the argument that you don't want to make put someone in your permanent rotation and every night guy that is basically guaranteed not to be here in a couple of months. I, I right. get that argument. Um, but I mean, if your goal is, here's the thing. What, what's your goal? What's your goal for this season? If your goal is to win as many basketball games as you can, bad young helps you do that. And I would play him more. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not your number one goal this season. And I understand that too. I understand why you wouldn't play him, but I would play him because he helps you and he's fun. He's fun to watch. Um, and especially against the wizards. I mean, you know, God love drew Eubanks, but he was having a pretty, pretty rough go of things against the wizards. And it was nice to have a fat young to turn to, to settle things down at that backup center. You're in a season like this, that that's, what's, there's nuance to a season like this. And, and in some ways you're sort of damned if you do and damned if you don't, you can't have one overriding philosophy for who you play and who you don't, because on the one hand, you might say um, what, you know, what you just mentioned earlier, if a player is not going to be around next year, the year after that, there's no sense. Two, of I mean, in two down. months, I mean, in two that's months, not right. going to be here past February. I don't think. Right. I'm not right. breaking any news here. I just, He's going to be he's going to be traded or bought out. He doesn't want to be sitting on the bench here for the rest of the year. Of of course. So on the one hand, like that's the reason why you play Drew Eubanks over that young. But then in the same breath, you might also argue, you know, why are you playing? uh, uh, Why aren't you playing also Josh Primo or name your youngster over Bryn Forbes? Like. I, I think it's it, there. There's not one overriding rule for for playing time because if you're if you're not playing, if you're arguing you should play Thad Young over Drew Eubanks, then there should be no real reason that you're arguing that Brent Forbes shouldn't play because Brent Forbes and Thad Young are kind of you know in the same boat. They're not pieces for the future, and I think that just pulling a little piece from from both directions is okay and and also i would say that the way that the spurs have had injuries and covid and and what have you over the the course of the first what six seven weeks of the season i'm not sure there's anybody that i would be outraged about playing time so far i think they played almost too many guys um by by necessity you know because guys have been shuffling in and out of the lineup and uh you know, uh, the 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 only question is the Josh Primo thing, I guess. Um, and he looked. Well, I guess we can talk about him because it's always fun to talk about Primo. Yeah, let's talk about Primo. But, but the, 
he's but, fun to talk but, about. And what I'm learning is his name is fun to chant. That's that's what I've heard. I'm kind of thinking part of the it's not necessarily that the fans are in love with Josh Primo. Just his name is fun to chant. Yes. So let's, uh, but let's I also, talk about but there's a lot to like about Josh Primo, the player, aside from his name, aside from his H-E-B sponsorship potential. Um, and I think, again, you can pull from two different philosophies on playing him. I, I, in the little silly prediction column that I wrote before the season started, I think my Josh Primo one was that he would wind up playing more games for the San Antonio Spurs than the Austin Spurs by the end of the season. Um, and I still think that's probably true, but um, I think it's sort of okay to let him go up to Austin um, in, in brief spurts and learn how to be the head of the snake um, to kind of take control and, and work on his complete game and, and, and be a star and, and, and be the central part of an offense. Like that's good experience. And that's experience that DeJounte Murray and Derek white and Lonnie Walker all benefited from. I think it's, I think that's good. I think it's also worthwhile. And, and Jeff, I think you pointed this out last night to have him have to go up against Bradley Beal for a few minutes during the internet NBA game to learn about how far he has to, come in, in a, a lot of areas in the game that he might learn about the G League. I think there's benefit to both experiences, and we probably are going to see more of both experiences over the next couple of months. Yeah, I mean, I think he's been up the last two games um, since the Spurs have been kind of injury riddled and um, gotten in both games and gotten in both games um, at not garbage time. Like, you know, mm -hmm. games are in doubt at these times. He was the first sub off the bench in the second half against the Wizards. Um, and, and did some good things. I mean, when he played in the first half against Washington, the Spurs couldn't make anything. And he came and hit two big three-pointers. One of them was a go-ahead three, I think. Um, mm -hmm. You know, at a time where it felt like the lid was just on the basket. And then, like like you mentioned, there were some defensive moments where it's like they're instructive. They're showing him this is how far you have to go to be able to play on this end of the floor. And, you know, there are two ends of the floor in the, in, in the NBA, and this is one this is how far you have to go to be able to – play on 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 the defensive end you know brad bradley's just kind of worked him over and kind of just licking his chops and that's nothing against josh primo and i don't think the youngest player in the nba should be expected to successfully be able to defend bradley beal um the other thing that's interesting to me is is um who are we talking to tom uh, it doesn't matter who we're talking to we we're talking to someone with the spurs yesterday at shoot around talking about Primo, Primo and the G League experience and everything. And it was interesting to me how much they think, of, how much thought goes into what they, you know, they want Primo to go down there and learn how to handle the ball, be more of an on the ball kind of guard than he was, um, than he has been so far in his basketball life. To the point where like one of the reasons this Devante Kaycock fella is in the G League is the Spurs really like him as like a lob partner for Josh Primo in the G league. Like if, if you're going to go down there and learn uh, to play the game in a way you've really not played it before, let's put all these tools around you to help you develop that. So, uh, you know, when people say, why is he in the G league? Well, there's one reason he's down there to learn a completely different position almost. Um, and then, like you said, it's good to have him up at, uh, up at the, uh, with the Spurs, the, the NBA team when, when the, the time is right too. And I, I agree with your, prediction column. I think by the end of the year, he will have played more games in San Antonio than Austin. I think 
from about February on, I think Josh is going to play quite a bit with the Spurs. That's just my guess. I think he'll be with the Austin team mostly until that season is over. And then I think, you know, if he performs well there, he'll be, they'll give him a nice long look starting, starting in February, March. Some good uh, comments from Thad last night about Josh that, you know, young players will make a mistake or get beat as Josh did with uh, Bradley Bill last night. They'll, they'll look to the bench, look, look to the coach and, Thad says he doesn't see that from from Josh. He's not that guy, as as is how he put it. You know the the confidence. We've talked about that ad nauseum, but it's always there. Uh, you know the poise and the confidence. There was a really great. I might be overstating it. Um, probably are. You probably are. After Thad hit his, I think seventeenth or eighteenth um, left-handed baby hook last night, and that might be. <laughs> An exaggeration too. There was a timeout. It was it was the dagger one. I mean, basically the game was over with. And Thad Young again. I know people are sick about me raving about the Thad Young <laughs> whole experience, but this is a guy who probably should be playing more. And everyone in the world would sympathize and empathize and um, understand if he was basically throwing a fit at at the Spurs and at Greg Popovich for not playing more over the past several games, finally gets his chance to play last night, goes crazy, um, <laughs> lifts, li- li- lifts the Spurs to goes a victory crazy. over the vaunted. Goes, goes crazy for eight points. Goes crazy for eight points. But, I mean, he plays really well. <laughs> like, sure. like, the, his efficiency is, is high. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and there's this, there's this moment right after that last one where he's heading to the bench with uh, next to DeJounte and those two guys, um, I, you can't tell what is said between them, but they both, both of them, just the look on their face was just laughter and joy. And I think that those, I know there's only one head of the snake. Only one <laughs> man can grab the reins at one there's time. A two, hey, have you been to the San Antonio zoo? They have a two headed snake. Are they doing it? It's probably. Have dead. you been to the snake farm? <laughs> uh, uh, it, just it just sounds <laughs> it does nasty. Sound nasty. I, mean, um, I heard it pretty much is. Pretty much is. Pretty much is. Is that a, is that a reptile a, house? Is that what you mean? The reptile house. Yes. Oh, yeah. Ugh. 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 Um, yeah. They're, 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 most of the time, there's only one head of the snake. But I think you're getting two forms of genuine leadership in those two guys. And the other thing that I think that the fans, um, even the media sometimes are not able to see is, is how much respect that DeJounte is getting. I, and I think this is true. He, he has the respect of everybody in that locker room in his head of the snake role. And I think Thad has it too. We've mentioned this before, yeah. but, but Thad, when he signed, was, was running uh, workouts from day one you know, voluntary workouts. And even as that has sat on the bench, those guys really like him. And Thad likes DeJounte and DeJounte likes Thad. And we're talking about a team that's what, five and 91 or whatever the record is. So it's kind of silly to talk about this great camaraderie, but I, I think it's something to, to kind of enjoy about this team, even during a season when, when the playoffs seem sort of unrealistic. Thad is the rattler, the rattler on the snake. Uh, for the <laughs> 
For the record, uh, 10 points for, ten for points. Thad Young. I'm sorry. Five of I seven. Five of seven. Uh, five of seven shooting. 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal in tw- 12, uh, 13 minutes. And That's it was pretty a plus, good efficiency. He was, he was a plus 14. I will say last yeah. night, or uh, the Washington game, which was last night, based on when we're taping this. Uh, is there tape involved? There's no tape involved in this. Um, That's Luis. I think it's um, on microfilm. My, microfiche. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was down, down low last night because uh, for, for a rare moment, um, a rare, rare game. And so. No platform. I, no, no platform. So I was, I had yeah. a pretty good, I had a pretty good angle on, you know, a floor level angle. And I don't know how Thad is getting off some of these jump hooks over like your heralds of the world. Like that, mm-hmm. that guy is, you know, heralds like a pogo stick. Like, and, and he's, t- I think he's taller than Thad, or at least as tall, and you know, just a pogo stick guarding him. Like, and I don't know, like, it felt like sometimes those jump hooks weren't going over Harold. They were just kind of going beside him or around. It was kind of crazy how he was able to get this little low left-handed jump hook off against this guy who's a pretty springy, shot-blocky kind of defender. It was kind of interesting, fun to watch, and something I might not have noticed from the platform. So I was, I was glad to be... Uh, you know, down there. How kind long was it before he had his, uh, from the time he checked the, from the time he checked in until he had his first backdoor? It was a little him. bit, lo- it was a little bit longer than usual because usually it's uh, within seconds. I think it was all, yeah. it was within minutes. He's fun to oh, watch. Yeah, he hit, 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 who did he hit? I can't remember. Never mind. Might have been Lonnie. I can't remember. Real, uh, real quickly, <laughs> Jeff mentioned this in passing earlier about the upcoming three game losing streak. Which uh, I don't know. We're not gonna. We're not gonna guarantee yet. Scheduled losing streak. It is a. It is a rough upcoming stretch for your local cagers. Um, just a. Just a brief look at that. Are you on this trip, Jeff? I believe you are. I am. What. What. What, what is. Uh, what. What is the schedule? Um, kind of portend for them. Well, on. Uh, um, on. Uh, on Thursday, we get the uh, variable quandary in Portland. Then uh, we fly on to the Knob Hill Cafe in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, you know, we go to the uh, Denny's in Phoenix. Yeah. The most winnable is probably the Trailblazers, who have not been great so far this season. Yeah, the other they've, been good, they've been good lately, though, or better. The other two lately. teams have been really good. Have been really good. So, and, and you then, catch you know, them sleeping. And sneaky, sneaky as they come back from that trip on whatever day that is. I think they play Phoenix on uh, Monday. Monday. And they come back and immediately have, immediately have the Knicks at home, which kind of that's that's an unfortunate scheduling situation too. Because again, Knicks are improved, but that's a team they could probably beat. But now you're coming back off a road trip, back to back, flying east, lose, losing losing hours flying east. It's set, that's set up to be a rough game against the Knicks, which which kind of is unfortunate because that's a if it was a day later. I think it's a game yeah. the Spurs would be set up to you know, would have a really good chance of winning. And now I don't that just feels like another um feels like a fourth game of the road trip is what it feels that, like. A back to back at the end of a, a road trip is essentially the the last game of that road trip. Yes. Um, and again, like that, people people don't understand people don't think it's a big deal, but the flying east is losing the hours and flying east is bad too. Yeah. Yep. You might uh Jeff, you might skip the Denny's. Nothing against Denny's and Phoenix and try 
if you like, uh, I don't know if you like New Mexico, chili, spicy, if hot. If it has tomatoes in it, he's not going to eat it. Oh, yeah, there there has, you go. Los, los what, Dos what, what, Molinos. What, what? Los Dos Molinos in uh, Phoenix. Wonderful, wonderful restaurant. Great atmosphere. Do they have a uh, Moons Over Miami? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, but great green chilies, red chilies, New Mexican style food. I enjoy the green chilies. I might check it out. Well, that, I think that's a good lesson. I mean, Jeff wanted the <laughs> pick your pick your uh, dad bod in the in the country. I mean, you know, there's so many things that he will not eat. He will not eat seafood. He will not eat tomatoes. He will not eat. What other, what other thing? Eggs for some what reason. Is this a cooking podcast? What are we doing here? But I'm saying that this man, this portly gentleman, everywhere he goes, even though there's so many things that seem to uh, to 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 annoy him for to, that he will not abide by, always, no matter where, always find something on the menu that will please and satisfy him. Oh my and God. I think that in this, like, this is the rare situation where torture. much like Thad Young fights. This is a right tortured, side, tortured turn right here. Thad Young is finding the good in a season in which he should be miserable. Jeff McDonald at any restaurant can find the good in, 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 in the, the, the choice of, of entrees. And so you, so too, can you Dear listeners, find the good in the week ahead. We will be here for you when you come back. In the meantime, take care of each other and keep it real. <laughs>